the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, what do we learn from this example? That we need to listen to the brethren. Because our actions affect them. We need to obey God rather than men, leave the consequences of God's providence. We need to hold those accountable who hold us accountable. And we need to listen to the brethren. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely, and this is a broadcast entitled Study Verse by Verse, presented by the Congregation of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. If you're new to the broadcast, additional details about us are on the web at highlands.us. Pastor Leighton is in the book of Acts, and we'll pick up in the 19th chapter in just a moment, if you'd like to follow along. He's talking about the signs of the times and those events that will precede Christ's return to this earth which we should all know about and be looking for. Here's Pastor Layton. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. That was after a hard day, by the way. And the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all of the doors were open, everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. You see, back then, if you were assigned to protect prisoners and they got away, you didn't lose your job, you lost your life. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we're all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them in the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. He was baptized at once, he and all his family. And then he brought them up to his house and set food before him. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police saying, let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, that is, without due process, men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. And do they now want to throw us out secretly? No! Let them come themselves and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. Roman citizens should never be treated this way. And so they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison, took their time. They visited Lydia and saw some brothers, and then they departed. So the magistrates sent word to the jailer, just let him go. And Paul and Silas refused, demanding an apology for the injustice. The third principle is that we must hold accountable those who hold us accountable. We must hold accountable those who hold us accountable. There is no one above the law. No matter who they are or think they are, there is no one above the law. Those who abuse authority must be confronted. 
Paul and Silas had been beaten and imprisoned without due process. That was an abuse of authority. And Paul demanded that those responsible for this misjustice publicly acknowledge their error and apologize. Third principle is we must hold accountable those who hold us accountable. Now let's turn to chapter 19. First principle, we must obey God rather than men. Second, leave the consequences in God's providence. Third, we must hold accountable those who hold us accountable. We're in chapter 19, verse 23. About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there's a danger, not only that this trade of ours might come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis might be counted as nothing, and that she might even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. And when they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! And so the city was filled with confusion. They rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs who were friends of his sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now, some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them didn't even know why they'd come together. Some of the crowd prompted by Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander motioned with his hands, wanting to make a defense to the crowd. But when they realized that he was a Jew, for about two hours, they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! And when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, Who is there that does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple keeper of the great Artemis and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky? Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash. For you've brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemers of our goddess. If therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in a regular assembly, for we're really in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there's no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Now, Paul's traveling companions have been dragged into the theater, and Paul wanted to join them, but the other disciples begged him not to go. Now, Paul was fearless. Uh, On more than one occasion, he was stoned and left for dead. But he wasn't dead because he got back up. Now, you would have thought if you were in that position or I was in that position, we'd be taken off someplace. But not Paul. He walked back into the city that had just stoned him. Can you imagine that? Didn't we just... uh, hmm? As he walks down the main street. Paul was fearless. But the disciples didn't want him to enter the theater. Now, why not? Well, it's probably possible, if not probable, that they knew that Paul had an exceptional ability to agitate a mob. In fact, if you read through the book of Acts, he's creating the problems all the time. And this mob didn't need any further agitation. That'd be like throwing gasoline on a fire. 
So even though Paul was fearless and he wanted to go in, he either listened to his brethren or they physically constrained him from entering into the theater. And eventually that situation was resolved by the town clerk. Now, by the way, a number of a couple of years back, our church family had the opportunity to go to Israel and, uh, and uh, with Dr. Fleming. Dr. Fleming is a brilliant archaeologist, historian, and, and so forth. And he mentioned something with regards to this event. And that is that there are some historical clues that this town clerk was a believer. And so this town clerk basically used his position of authority and influence to defuse this situation. Sometimes God puts people into positions of leadership in either government or business or the church for a moment such as this. Like, for instance, Esther. Now, what do we learn from this example? That we need to listen to the brethren. Because our actions affect them. We need to obey God rather than men, leave the consequences in God's providence. We need to hold those accountable who hold us accountable, and we need to listen to the brethren. There have been in times, I was talking with a pastor a number of years ago, and he says, I'm so frustrated at this situation. He described the situation. Some, some fundamentalist church in the Midwest and Bible Belt decided they had a calling from God to, to get the congregation on an airplane, fly to San Francisco, stir up a bunch of problems, get on the airplane and fly back and leave the problems with the local pastors and the local congregations. You know, we need to listen to the brethren because what we do affects others. Now let's turn to chapter 22. Paul's returned to Jerusalem. He's gone to the temple and his presence causes a riot. The Roman guards go into the temple in order to take him out. And the uh, people that were there raised their voices. I'm in verse 22 of chapter 22. Raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said, What are you about to do? This man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, Yes. The tribune answered, I bought this citizenship for a large sum. And Paul said, But I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen, and he had bound him. Roman citizens were uh, were supposed to get due process. And this centurion and, and, uh, uh, had, hadn't, hadn't, hadn't done that, and so he was afraid, because he could be brought up on charges himself. And... Uh, this is only the first part of the story, but the principle we can see here is that the Apostle Paul exercised his rights, privileges, and protections of citizenship. He demanded the full benefits of his position. And we are every bit of, uh, uh, as much citizens of this nation, and we should also exercise our rights, privileges, and protections as citizens of the United States. 
So the, the first principle is we must obey God rather than men. The second is we must leave the consequences in God's providence. The third is we must hold accountable those who hold us accountable. And the fourth is we need to listen to the brethren. And the fifth is we need to exercise the rights, privileges, and protections of citizenship. Did you get that list? Would you like to write it down? <laughs> do you want to listen again to what Pastor Leighton Sheely had to say? Well, you can do that very easily by going to our website at highlands.us and click on the Messages link and then select Archives. This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse with Teacher Leighton Sheely and presented by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, and we're on the air each day, Monday through Friday, at this same time. When you go to the website, you'll find a letter from Pastor Leighton explaining the ministry adjustments taking place. You can join the congregation for worship online each weekend. Again, the details are at highlands.us, or you can call us at 650-873-4095. I know many of you find it easier to phone. That's 650-873-4095. Have a safe rest of your day, and come back tomorrow when we'll bring this particular message to a conclusion and study verse by verse.